This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Hello and welcome to the E-Commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters from Acadia, and I'm joined today by another colleague from Acadia, Damiano Chirocci. Welcome back to the show, Damiano. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great to be back. So we've spent a lot of time together (laughs) the past couple of months. We've been working on a big project that we're launching March 23rd um, called Fit for Purpose, and it is... um, next generation DSP metrics that brands should be using that go far, far beyond the typical most used um, metrics of ROAS and impressions and views and things like that. And I'm, this is to me, one of the most exciting pieces of thought leadership that we've put together. And I, I really cannot wait to unleash it on the 23rd. Yeah, no, also for me, I mean, coming from, you know, a PPC or let's say advertising manager, being able to really kind of put myself in the, in the, in the forest of, of the many metrics that Amazon kind of gives us and um, just that multitude of metrics that Amazon gives us. It's, it was really also great for me to dive in deep and ask myself like, you know, what is this for and why should we use this and, and yeah, and, and finding purposeful metrics that are for customers at almost any stage of their, their Amazon advertising journey. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's just give people a quick overview of what we're going to be presenting on the 23rd. And then I want to backtrack and, you know, Damiano, you, uh, or a self-admitted DSP skeptic and you've changed your mind. And we also want to talk about what, you know, how is DSP actually calculated? We've got, it's an impression based advertising platform. And along the way, you really dug into what, what does an impression mean and how is that calculated? And, And this is how we actually got to the jumping off point of identifying some new and improved metrics but before we get into all of that um, just to give everyone an idea on the 23rd we're going to be doing a webinar and presenting our findings on this in a, in a lot of detail so if you can join that webinar at I believe it's at 11 eastern time on the on the 23rd please do that you can go to acadia.io slash fit for purpose and sign up for that and then also as an, we're going to be talking through this model and through a framework that um, Damiano and I have been working on that helps brands identify about seven metrics that they should be using that depend on what stage uh, of the audience journey they are trying to, um, to, to hone in on the maturity of their brand in terms of, you know, their competitive position on Amazon, what that repurchase rate looks like. So these are all factors that could dictate what kind of metric you should really be focusing on. So as a way to help brands 
identify what those metrics should be because there are 23 that we've identified and I don't think you should have 23 metrics on your DSP dashboard. We have put together a self-assessment, which is only three questions. So simple, um, but belies a whole lot of complexity we won't get into on the podcast, but you can take this three-question self-assessment and we'll tell you what seven metrics you should be focusing on for DSP and why. So um, you can, again, take that self-assessment at acadia.io slash fitforpurpose, hear about our journey to understanding more about DSP, how, um, how the sausage is made essentially with how DSP actually calculates sales and impressions. Um, and yeah, I, I think that you will be uh, walk away feeling a lot more savvy about DSP and what it can do for your brand at all different stages and um, all different types of goals. So Damiano, just to take a step back, um, mm-hmm. you your background, you, you worked at Amazon in, in, in the sponsored ads um, area and you weren't a, you were a self-admitted DSP skeptic. So tell us a little bit about why that was for yourself. Yeah, I was a DSP skeptic just mainly because I kind of felt that DSP was a lot of smoke and mirrors in the sense that, you know, you couldn't really determine very well, you know, uh, sales and, and, you know, what, you know, what really was a sale, how much did it contribute to my total sales and, and all these different kinds of things. Um, I always kind of felt that also DSP was often relegated to, you know, ROAS, um, just an extremely complex platform uh, that has, you know, being in the DSP platform, you have so many different metrics and so many different kind of pieces of information coming at you all at once. And, you know, it was always just kind of treated like normal PPC, you know, um, what is my ROAS for the amount that I've invested in or what is my ACOS, etc. And I just thought that that was A, a disservice to the platform and, and B, um, I just don't think that it was giving us that full picture. And so for a long time, I was very skeptical about it and I didn't you know, feel that it was serving brands and clients as well as we believed it would. Um, but then kind of diving into this project, you know, and diving into other things, not only just looking at the DSP platform, but also, or AMC, like how DSP works with PPC, you know, we kind of came to a revelation of, of the DSP platform and how it works and how it can be beneficial. And... So that's why we created these ad hoc um, metrics because, again, DSP needs to be um, seen a little bit for what it is. And by using, you know, fit-for-purpose metrics, you can really leverage DSP where it works extremely well. And you can make synergies between PPC and DSP. And that's essentially what we want to achieve. And that's exactly what we want to achieve also with our metrics. Yes. Let's let's dig into that. That's a really great point about 
the synergies between PPC and DSP. And um, in, in our presentation, you'll see a graphic that shows this a lot better than what we might be able to explain it today. But talk a little bit more about the synergies between PPC and DSP because they're not, they each deliver some unique value. If you could put that nice graphic that we have into words. <laughs> I will <laughs> try, try my best. Yeah. <laughs> so basically with AMC, so Amazon Marketing Cloud, we are able to see uh, how DSP and PPC interact with each other. And one thing as an agency we just kept on finding is when PPC and DSP come into contact with each other and multiple advertising types of PPC meet with multiple advertising types of, or let's say audience tactics of DSP meet together, we find that our conversion rate keeps increasing. And we were asking ourselves, you know, actually in the beginning, we were always just taking that as a given. You know, it's like, oh, you know, the more paths we have, the more efficient we are, the higher our conversion rate is, fantastic. But one of the things that we were a little bit, I don't want to say skeptical, but what we really wanted to try and find out is, you know, why is that? You know, why is it that when PPC and DSP meet, they become stronger together, not weaker, they become stronger. And so, well, what we did is we started to look at, and we started to ask ourselves questions about both platforms. How do each of these platforms interact with the traditional marketing funnel that we, you know, know and use awareness, consideration, purchase intent, purchase, etc. What placements do they occupy and what, where do they kind of fit in with the customer journey? And so what we kind of found is that PPC and DSP in most of these questions are quite complementary where one is stronger, the other one's slightly weaker, where one is Mm-hmm. weaker the other one is a lot stronger and I, I i can give you um just a simple example a lot of ppc or advertising nerds out there will know that in ppc the best um, awareness ad type you have would be sponsored display audience targeting and if you ask yourself well yeah okay it, it kind of can do it you know we, we know it can be an awareness ad type but DSP is far superior with the way you can target, with the way right. you can negate, et cetera. Yep. And so we knew, we know that for awareness purposes, DSP is far superior. When we go down and dive deep down into, for example, lower funnel purchases, well, there we can kind of question a little bit DSP. Of course, it can do that for you. It can drive your purchases but it's not as effective as PPC because PPC kind of has that really great inventory of advertising placements. Like it's really geared yes. towards making someone make that final purchase. And so yeah, again, we have in this the search results, which 100% yeah. and that top at the top, like where yes. someone's ready to click and purchase that. So again, they were very complimentary and, and that's why we started to say, well, we need to look, at these platforms differently and we feel that we need to look at also dsp metrics differently and we can't relegate it to you know let's just look at uh, dsp roas because that's the most important thing we need to look yes. at a whole array of different things yep 
So based on that understanding as well, you started to look at different sort of, and we talk a lot about objectives and matching metrics to objectives. So it's, you know, the example that I share all too often is if you've got a growth objective and you want to be growing market share and growing new to brand customers and things like that, you shouldn't be focused on ROAS as the primary metric. And Mm-hmm. I shudder to think how many time, times I've said that on this pod, this podcast. But going a level beyond that, it's like, okay, well, what are the metrics that we should be focused on? And so after exploring a lot more about, well, what goes into an impression and how does Amazon calculate um, views and things like that, you actually worked on identifying 22 metrics that are fit for purpose at different stages of the customer journey and with different sort of objectives in mind and whether a brand is a challenger or top of category or new to Amazon, then the the recipe sort of looks a little bit different in terms of the ingredients of the metrics and the way that you put it all together. So I'd love to just share a little bit of a preview about, you know, what, is, what are a couple of your favorite metrics? And uh, I will also say that 10 of these metrics out of the 22 are new and novel metrics that we've actually come up with that are not included on the, uh, you know, the DSP dashboards that you see. So I'd love for you to share you know, a, cu- a couple of your personal favorites, Damiano. So before answering this, um, I think that it's important to say that for each of our metrics and for each of our groups of metrics, we, we want them to essentially be able to tell us three things. Are we successful at our current stage? Are our metrics bringing us closer uh, to our goal? Are they bringing us closer also down the funnel? Um, and do these metrics give us information on the performance of our campaigns? In other words, are they giving us information on the accuracy of our audience? Are they giving us information on um, how our creatives are set up, etc.? So it's very important to, to kind of state and and whenever we, we talk about metrics, we always have these three um, factors or, or questions in mind. You know, are we successful with these metrics? Are they bringing us down the funnel? How are our, uh, how is the performance of the campaign um, itself? So one of my favorite metrics is the uh, competitor audience acquisition. And essentially what this um, metric tells us is how much of the comp- how much of a competitor's audience are we gaining each month or in each specific time period. So that's one thing that we actually figured out how to calculate. You know, we we know that every competitor has their own kind of audience. Can we slowly get unique users of that audience to kind of see our ads, interact with our ads, maybe even buy from our ads? And so for any brand um, that is, you know, seeking to gain that market share, we find that that is a very fundamental uh, metric to know. You know, how many of that essential competitor can we, how many people of that audience of my biggest competitor am I slowly kind of bringing to my side, letting them consider my product? 
And the second metric that um, I also really, really like is the review page view rate. And what this metric calculates is how many people that are visiting my product are actually reading the reviews of my products. And the reason that that is also important and very nice to know is because, you know, we know from customer and consumer behavior that when people are reading the, the reviews of, of products, they're really deep in consideration of that. You know, I think it's personally, I think it's one of the last steps that people take before kind of making that ultimate decision. Okay, I'm going to buy that product. And so again, benchmarking what you're currently achieving with that metric and then aiming to improve it is something that is really, really important for, for a brand and, and knowing you know, and knowing that people are, are invested in, in learning more about your product and, and, and closer to, to buying it. Yeah, I, I love both of these. And both of these metrics make an appearance in the majority of the 19 possible outcomes that we have in our self-assessment. Um, I know because I copied and pasted all of the metrics over by hand <laughs> very recently. So I saw, I saw these two metrics popping up very frequently and I think I, I can definitely see why they're your favorite. So the review page view rate, first of all, I, I think a lot of people listening wouldn't even know that that is information that we're able to capture with DSP and definitely is is particularly at the if if we're talking about the consideration stage absolutely if someone has been going through and looking at the reviews of a product page they're really they're really thinking about this product and, and considering it so that is super interesting and then the competitive competitor audience acquisition metric is really giving a sense of um, all of the out of all of the, the potential audience that we have, how many have we been able to serve an impression to, which is very powerful, especially if we're talking to brands who have a growth imperative and they they want to be building an audience and um, you know getting to the top of their category, then opening up that top of the funnel awareness and um, most more specifically like what opening it up to a competitive competitor audience is a really great, great way to build that upper funnel. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming back on the show, Damiano, and, and talking about this topic. I'm super excited for the 23rd. Hope to see a lot of e-commerce brain trust podcast listeners um, at that event and signing up for the self-assessment. Again, you can go to acadia.io, that's A-C-A, dia.io slash fit for purpose and you can sign up for the webinar there as well as the self-assessment thanks for coming on the show Damiano I'll see you, thank you. see you around perfect thank you